Hello, and welcome to our new podcast, Up Sharp. I'm Eddie. And I'm Paul. We hope you enjoy our ramblings about bits and pieces. The, the good old days. Yeah, the good old days. The good days nowadays. It's a lot back in the day, isn't it? Mm. But I hope you enjoy it. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Bebo. Oh, no Bebo, no MySpace. Up, oh. po- Up Sharp Podcast on both of them. Uh, feel free to email us questions, suggestions, love letters and hate mail. Upsharp.podcast at gmail.com. Cheers very much. Cheers. Although, haven't you guys got some seated shows coming up? We've got some seated Scarpunk shows, which will be very strange, but as they sold out in an hour or so, at least the demand is there and it won't be completely embarrassing. No. Um, and are people allowed to skank on the tables? There will be the no skanking permitted. No skanking at home. Uh, toe, show. toe tapping only. Damn. But everyone that listens to Scarpunk is in their mid to late thirties these days. What, so no one skanks anymore. I'm looking forward to a sit down. Yeah. I just love skanking. I need to come out of skank retirement at some point. I'd need to um, hit the gym to go back to my full skanking potential. <laughs> full skanking potential. Get no, like um, get the step count on. Yeah, I, w- I wish that we had step counters back in the day so I could see how many miles I travelled at the average Real Big Fish show. Yeah, I don't know if I ever actually could skank. I think I kind of just thought this looks like skanking. I don't know. Is, is there, like, like for example, in hardcore, there's a bit of like... You two-step and... Well, you know, and you go... I don't know, there's that kind of, like, people will kind of go, oh, he's not really got his shit down. Is that kind of a thing in Scar? Is it like... If someone's not skanking, no, is that, is that like people you go? They're a good skanker. Like see, in hardcore, you're like they're a good mosher. You, or just you, like you see people with the moves, but also don't forget that scar kids are generally nerds. So they've got a lot of time to practice in their room. What what other moves are there apart from skanking? We always like to circle pit. Okay, that's just a that's just a universal thing. That's for, just standard, isn't it? Yeah, but there's no other like mysterious scar moves that. I'm not in the know about. No, I don't think so. Pretty open with the uh, the dance moves, etc. Yeah. I mean, you do like you have the congos and stuff like that out the door, and that's we yeah. Well, that uh, there's ones like yeah, King Punch love doing a conga for their cover of a feeling hot by <laughs> hot, hot. whatever artist. Yeah, was. I don't know who did it. Yeah. Yeah, con- congas are fine. Wall of Death. Wall of, we do wall, wall, wall of fun or something like uh, that. Wall of hugs. Wall of hugs. Okay. Which is um, Jada Cat have done it. Okay. Call me Malcolm have done it. Where yeah, you split the room, and everyone has to run each other and hug each other. I guess a wall of hugs definitely wouldn't work not, in these. That's not very social times. distancing. Yeah, I know. Wall of death would be almost more appropriate. Yeah, because they would be ducking <laughs> from each other. No one wants a forearm to the throat. No. Clothesline and etc. Yeah, but no, it'd be interesting, I guess, to see how these uh, seated shows pan out. Yeah, I mean, it's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah, and they're selling out in an hour, so either people were desperate or yeah. they think it sounds like a good idea. In which case, we'll just do away with standing gigs completely. Yeah, I'm not necessarily against <laughs> that. Well, I guess if everyone's too old to skank anymore, like maybe 
seated scar shows are the way forward. It count me in, but not two tone. Definitely scar punk. No, oh yeah, scar punk. Sorry, my bad. What was then baseball bat? Two tone influence scar punk. Okay. I guess. <laughs> sure, it's a laugh. Sure, it's brown cows of the elocution. Yeah. Oh, Moon Sky Europe days. Oh, that brings us nicely into what we're actually <laughs> going to talk about. Excellent segue. Yes. Household name records. Moon Scar. Yeah. Golf. Golf. Yes. What's what's the another round of golf? Yeah, it's comp- compilations. Thousand compilations. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing it was the second one. Cause Didn't Les and Jake have something out on golf? Yeah, they did. Um, I think it's before. And um, for more balls and boundaries, they did a bit of. Golfing. Bit of golfing. Yeah. I remember they had a poster in probably Kerrang and they're all in their golf get up. I don't know if they're actually golfers or whether it's a play on golf or whether it's just a photo shoot idea. Uh, a, lot, a lot of those bands are, well, I mean, they're pushing 50, so yeah. I think they're taking up golf. Yeah, but this was like Fat 20 Mike years ago. Fat Mike loves golf. This was like 20 years ago. Yeah, also true. I've probably just a play on the label. Yeah, name, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Household name records were obviously the daddies as well. Yes. Very much so. But, right, we've got a list of things. A very vague script. What should we talk about? How'd you get into it? How'd I get into How'd it? How'd you get into alternative music? How'd I get into podcasts? <laughs> um, lockdown. <laughs> lockdown, yeah. Alternative music. Um... I mean, I was pretty much into, I was kind of into the like, um, sort of early noughties, late nineties, um, controversial hip hop of the time, you know, or say it's controversial, kind of, but you know, like the yeah. M&Ms, Dr. Dre, Exhibit, Wu-Tang Clan, that was kind of the shit I was listening to. And I remember, um, I remember having an argument with this guy in like one of my English classes in like year nine or something like that and then he or maybe probably actually year eight um irrelevant but he was telling me that basically Fred Durst was a harder lyricist than like Eminem and I was like <laughs> who the fuck's Fred Durst and then yeah basically he put me on to listening to checking out Limp Biscuit. um I think that was yeah so that was being significant other around that time um, and then yeah I guess I heard Break Stuff and Nookie and obviously there was a lot of rapping and I think actually in the Break Stuff video Dre and Eminem are in it so it's kind of like I'm kind of down with this but that's just kind of as far as it went I was still more on that like hip hop side of it and then I remember watching MTV2 probably back then and I saw a video from the, uh, for, I think the first one I saw was Marilyn Manson Disposable Teens. Ooh. And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> this is like, it was edgy as fuck, but not something I'd normally kind of listen to. Um, and I think after that, it was like Nirvana, Lithium. It's like work, um, working backwards. Kind yeah, of and I was kind of like, this is weird. Like, it's kind of like edgy and it's, I don't know, it kind of just sat quite nicely with me and then from that I think I was obviously tuning in more into MTV2 at the time and then 
they just kind of like led on from that. And then my um, a good mate who I played football with, he had, I think I was, I think, I think it was like just a conversation one day. It was like, oh, you know, I've been listening to the, been watching this MTV2 channel and it was like some stuff I wouldn't normally listen to, whatever. And then he was like, what, like this? And then he pulled yeah, out, pulled out the album. <laughs> self-titled. And I was like, what? And then, yeah. And then, because I was obviously seeing like, by that point I'd seen like Slipknot videos and um, he also had like a Mudvayne album, the Dig album. Mudvayne, yeah. Yeah, so... It's like, whoa, what, like a really good mate here who's also kind of listening to the same sort of stuff as I am. Rap for metal. And then from that, it's kind of like you'd go in each day, like trying to, have you heard this band? Have you heard this band? And then, yeah, kind of just grew from that. And then obviously other people we knew were also kind of getting into that sort of stuff and then kind of just developed from there over time, I guess. But yeah, what were you? Green Day. Green Obvious, Day. Obviously. Really? Um, there's nineteen ninety five, so I was eleven, listening to Steve Lamac on Radio One, and yeah. when I come around, come on, and something just made me stand up and pay attention to yeah. it. And um, so my dad's big into music, so I always go like anytime we went anywhere, it'd be like go record shop, and yeah. I actively hunted down this Green Day band. Yeah. And then I realised that the Dookie album, I'd, the artwork had caught my eye before, but I didn't know yeah. what I was doing. And so, yeah, I bought that. Yeah. And then, yeah, shortly after, was it 98 or so, you had Offspring with Pretty Fly and that. And that's yeah. when it properly started. I was listening to Green Day for yeah. three years, as well as Britpop stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, the new metal explosion after that. Yeah. Like, oh, 15, 16. It, it's weird how different, you know, your Slipknot's, of this world are compared to Green Day but at that time if you're into Green Day you're probably into Slipknot if you're into Slipknot you're probably into Green Day yeah I mean I like the the melody of like the pop punk stuff and that and then you're all kind of loved the angst being 15 and Linkin Park just showing up on Kerrang with One Step Closer and you're like this is what we need right now perfect age because back then it was our kind of alternative circle versus the townies Yes, exactly. Townies yeah. equals the trendies. Yeah, yeah. So I guess even if Green Day, for example, at one end of the spectrum, slipped or the other, if they were still a grunger or like a oh yeah, it's like respect. At my school, there was literally four of us that were into, let's say, guitar music. Yeah, and. I'd be like, oh, listen to Dude Ranch by Blink-182 and someone else would yeah. be like, listen to The Black Album by Metallica and yeah. then, you know, we all love Nirvana. Well, we, yeah, we used to, um, how we also found other people in our school were like, say the year above and the year below us um, were into that sort of music as well. It was like, we are basically doing the old like, well, there was a, like a market stall in Norwich that you'd be able to go to it's called like the rock collection or whatever, and you get all your band patches. Oh, and yeah. even if I had like, heard boot, like, boot, one... Bootleg live albums? Yeah, if I had like <laughs> one song of a band or I'd seen the name, I thought it looked cool. Yep. Like I'd then get the patch and then I'd sew it to my bag and then quite often you then see other kids with like patches on their bag and safety pins and you'd be like, oh, one of us. Sort of thing, yeah. So what's your favourite Corn song? Don't know. Yeah. Just seen the logo. Actually, Corn, I was obsessed with Corn. They were, actually they were one of the like... <laughs> I saw the corn. I see the corn logo everywhere before I'd even heard corn. And I remember, I can't remember where I was at, but I remember seeing this guy, 
and he literally literally looked like he was straight out of the um Papa Roach like last resort video, like black hair, <laughs> the like the roll the, you know, the like twirly bits of spiky hair. The the longest wallet tra- oh, chain in Norfolk. <laughs> and he was like wearing this sick corn issues hoodie and I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna have to check this corn band out. And I I kind of knew they'd be my favourite band before I even heard them. I think I was kind of set on it, if you know what I mean. Like no, their image, like around, yeah. around around issues, it was like it's just like couldn't move for corn t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. My room was covered in corn posters at one point. Because I, they, I was they, very they, obsessed. They predated a lot of the bigger bands. Yeah. So yeah. I think their debut was '94. '94, like. yeah. Yeah, no, it was with self-titled. Yeah. Yeah. The methy days. Helmet in the bush. Helmet in the bush. Is it called Helmet in the bush? Helmet in the. I'm not as big into Corn. Okay, yeah, yeah. The only album I've actually got is, is, is Issues, purely because Falling Away From Me is my favourite song. Yeah, yeah. But no, they had that. They had that sound down. But, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of how it all developed. Did, yeah. you, did you ever do the thing of... Um, I don't know if it's more of a punk thing, but I used to buy an album from whoever, and then I used to like read the lyric books, you know... Before Spotify, kids. Yeah. Um, back to back, and then like, I'd read the thanks and be like, "Oh, thanks to these bands." And I'd be yeah. like, "Who are these? Let's go and hunt ah, them down." That's a good way of looking at it. Because I think oh, I discovered RX Bandits because yes. they were thanked in a Bloodhound Gang album. Okay, yeah. Then that album with Bad Touch, etc. On it. RX Bandits and Progress, like, one of the best ska punk albums oh, ever. Love it. Yeah, probably get flacked for all the fans that like the prog stuff, but no, for no. the first two albums, oh, bring back the brass. brilliant. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm one of them people that I never used to really read lyrics. I was more into the music. Yeah, well, like, funny enough, though, although I'm really into like still am, but back then I was really into like my hip hop of the time, and I like learn all the Eminem lyrics and Dre lyrics and all yeah. that. As soon as it came to like the more rocky sort of alternate music. Um, the music took over. Yeah, because then... All it's I more can... musical than art, and then hip-hop, that's just, that's just the way it is. I just basically wanted something I could mosh to, Yeah, like, early days. Oh, I totally agree with that. But I'd always buy... When buying a CD was a big thing because it was the only way to hear stuff, yeah. or because you were 15 and had no money, Yeah, I'd, like, buy it, put it in, yeah. read the lyrics on the first listen, and generally, like, they'd stay embedded. So, like, with Green Day, I think the last time I did that was Warning. Yeah. Which come out when I was sixteen. I've got my warning hoodie that I still. Actually, what's the date today? Is it second October? Um, the second October. Yeah. Happy twentieth anniversary to warning. Yeah, I've got um. Paul seen it. I had twenty years of warning. During lockdown, I went back to my mum's and uh, went into my, her attic and dished out all my um old band merch and I've got an OG Green Day warning warning hoodie. hoodie. And I started wearing it again. It's yeah. good fit. One small hole. Um, yeah. In, at the time, I really despised that album. Did you? I really didn't like it. No, I, yeah, warning, like, waiting, good tunes in there. But it, where's the distortion pedals at? Yeah, it's so it's so clean. Yeah, and wake up. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, and it, uh, not to go too off uh, topic, but at least when American Idiot come out, they the guitar tone was yeah a lot more Green Day. Yeah, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you another thing, I think another kind of gateway into this kind of music was probably my love for wrestling at the time, because I was massively into yeah, my rest, WWF, wrestling, wrestling and, metal. and obviously, you know, a lot of wrestling promos um, 
use heavier music. You know, back then you had like, well, the best promo of all time, Stone Cold and The Rock, WrestleMania. I remember you sending that um, to me the other week. Limp Bizkit, um, My Way. You had yeah. like Drowning Pool, Bodies, Creed, My Sacrifice. Like Creed, obviously Creed are a bit of a joke, but <laughs> that's a tune. That is a tune, I don't care what anyone says. No comment. Um, and even like the early like raw um, like intro music is pretty much like early hate breed. It's like hard as fuck. Yeah. Am I allowed to say fuck? Um, yeah. Mean, yeah, okay, cool. This is, uh, I, I actually registered this podcast <laughs> yeah. as, um, what's the word? Either way, yeah. it's going to have an explicit content yeah. warning. You can't. Oh, another band, Rage Against the Machine. Obviously, ah. for me, that was like... The ultimate you, you hip-hop, hip-hop crossover. And yeah. metal, and it's... Yeah. But it's funny, actually, when... Um, before... I think this started before we went to... Like, me and the sort of rockers in my year started going to uh, gigs and stuff. We used to, um, at lunchtime, so we'd like, all meet in my form room. This is like year nine, and we basically this is why when we into like early corn and stuff, and we basically turn off all the lights in the classroom, we shut the curtains, <laughs> and we play. We basically make a square, so we basically set all the tables like yeah, we basically set them up in like so there's a big square in the middle, and then when the corn blind intro played, we all like, like sort of standing on the table, and then when it kicked in, we all then jumped off the table and would mosh in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's yeah, very yeah, very of its time I guess. Um yeah, very enjoyable. But and then um, yeah. obviously very topical actually, but um Tony Hawk's Yes and all that. Yeah, games big stuff. Obviously the reboot's amazing, but like hearing those songs first time round. Yeah. I don't. I was quite late to the party with Rage, in as much as it was Battle of LA that I think I was heard. It Gorilla Radio was, on that, wasn't it? Gorilla Radio was yeah. on it, yeah. And also the video um, for Sleep Now in the Fire. Sleep, Sleep Now in the Fire. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I've seen that video and it's like, this is wild. Yeah, yeah. This, this genre of music is so good. Yeah. And then. Oh, you had like on that soundtrack, didn't you have like Papa Roach Dead Cell? Um, or was that Blood Brothers? Blood Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Dead Cells are tune as well, though. Yeah. And like we've heard Superman. Yeah. That's I, was, right. I, was, I was given a mixtape when I was like maybe fifteen, and it had a Goldfinger song on it, and it was like an obscure track off the first album. It was um, yeah. nothing to prove. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that was a decent punk rock song, like nice one, whatever. And then I heard Superman, and I was like. No way is that the same band. Yeah. I was like, oh, so I guess this is what people mean by Scar Punk. Yeah. I had, a, I had a very sort of sour feeling towards Goldfinger for a long time. We'd probably go on to the gigs bit in a bit. Yeah. But um, I'm just going to step forward a little bit. But um, basically, for my common book birthday, it was, it was like my 14th or 15th birthday, um, my parents... Um, kindly bought like me and like a few of my friends tickets to see A and Goldfinger at Norwich UA. Nice. And they were gonna drive us up. I, I believe Brick's uh, Goldfinger opened that uh, No Foodie Glow Skulls. Foodie Glow Skulls opened that show, yeah I was at the Brixton show. And I'd misbehaved. Um 
Yeah, to the point of, yeah, I was grounded <laughs> and basically I was no longer allowed to go to this gig. My parents gave my friends the tickets. Whoa. How raw is that? That is brutal, brutal. savage. I hope mum doesn't listen to this. It's really, really bad. But yeah, um, so... I remember, up... Do you remember the name of the tour? No. Well, I didn't go. <laughs> but, no, didn't but go. yeah. Um, especially appropriate for the Norwich date, because uh, there was like a headline show with yeah. Goldfinger and Voodoo's. Um, it was called the Inner City Sumo Tour, uh-uh. which is um, Alan Partridge reference. Yes. Like, Inner City Sumo with Mike Tyson or whatever. <laughs> I, wanted to be yeah. I was like, ah, oh. not only are they bringing like Rad Scarf Hunk bands over from America, yeah. but they've also named their tour after a Partridge reference. Yeah. £15 of my money well spent. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, I was broken. <laughs> Just my fr- and obviously they're having to tell my friends they have to find their own lift to... The gig, which is kind of embarrassing at that age, like they're gonna have to then ask their parents. And, yeah, and it, then I think they, you know, at that age, you kind of doubt whether I actually did. How I, I had sorted the tickets out, and yeah, it still cuts deep. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of a, uh, they were technically the first band that I saw at a quotes proper gig, non-local, non covers band down the pub or whatever uh, supporting Bloodhound Gang at the Astoria they were the second headliner I saw um, yeah carry on and the one that you was allowed to go to um, yeah yeah well my first one was Phoenix TX Vendetta Red R- no RX Bandits no Vendetta Red RX Bandits and Phoenix TX I think I was 13 I needed to be 14 but they went, are you 14? And I was like, yeah. Funny enough. Josh... That, that really annoys me because I was at a London show and I was 18, so oh, really? stop being younger yeah. than me, please. Josh Weller snuck me and uh, my mate Harry into that one. Nice. He kind of was a bit older, so he was, he had the, kind of the swagger about him. And, uh, so yeah. the London show that was at the Ulu. Yeah. And I remember... What, the Phoenix TX one? The Phoenix TX one, yeah. yeah. And... Um, I think a couple of months before, I saw Link 80 at the Underworld. And yeah. throughout our expanded set, I was saying to my mate, oh, doesn't he look like the guy from Link 80? And I huh? saw him by the merch afterwards. And I was like, like our expanded sax player, I think it was. Steve Borth, I believe okay. his name is. And um, so I was like, you really look like the sax player from Link 80. And he was like, hi, I'm the sax player from Link 80. <laughs> and I... I slunk off being yeah. embarrassed about my scar knowledge. Yeah, that fair... you don't really get posters of scar bands on no. your wall, so I'll I'll, I'll, I'll take fair. it. I think my first, the biggest memory from that first show, the Phoenix TX one, was um, Phoenix TX doing a Nirvana territorial, territorial pissings uh, cover, and they set the stage on fire, and so man. He was quite tall and strong. <laughs> he basically came behind me. This is going to sound really weird, but I kind of, yeah, I just remember it. Um, he basically pulled my arm up and he like forced me to do the devil horns. <laughs> and then was like forcing me with one hand to do the devil horns and then like making, you head making me headbang at the same time. <laughs> at, at the pop punk show. And I was, yeah, I was, yeah, I guess I was enjoying it in a weird kind of way. Um, yeah. Sounds like you might need some therapy. Yeah, maybe, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, second gig, yeah, was <laughs> actually Phoenix TX was supporting A, yeah, at Norwich UEA. Um, yeah, good show. My, my, my second gig was, I don't know, my, my, my second one was at the Kerrang Day of Rock, if you remember that. Kerrang Day Being of Rock. from not London originally. Kerrang Day of Rock. Um, it's like Virgin Megastore on Oxford Street, which yep. is now, I don't even know what it is now. And Summers. Probably. <laughs> Maybe a <Wolf> spoons. <laughs> um, so like the bands that Kerrang had hotly tipped when they were relevant. No offence, Kerrang. Um, <laughs> but like every, every year it was like, here's our up and coming bands. They did an all day free entry yep. at Virgin Megastore. Defenstration. Defenstration. <laughs> um, the lineup for this one was, it was fairly eclectic, I guess. Um, the ones I can remember were Sona Farik, if you remember them. Nope. Um, Soul Wax, who got pretty fucking big. What, radio Soul Wax? As in, you know, too many DJs and that. What, on a Kerrang? Soul Wax. On a Kerrang show? Yeah, it's like, they were four-piece bands. Okay. But there you go. Um, but it was headlined by The Mighty Amen. Oh, yes. My second show was seeing Casey Chaos yes. destroy the record shop yeah. and his own body. Yeah. And that was pretty fucking wild. And he was mad, yeah. Bizarrely, my third show was seeing Green Day. Yeah. At the same Virgin. Oh, yeah. Um, in Kerrang, they put a voucher in. Buried it on page five or something. Yeah. And it was like, take this voucher to the record shop on this day and exchange it for a ticket to see Green Day. First 200 get in. So we were 16, I think. Me and my mate. Uh, got the first train from Kent into London to queue up to get a ticket and then we went home with our ticket and then the week after was the gig <coughs> it was mainly promo for the Minority single yeah and um, they were going to do a set and then Minority went on sale at midnight and they were going to do a sign in and so we went there um, someone in the queue offered me a hundred pounds for my ticket which I turned down such was my Green Day fandom yeah that's quite a lot back then hundred quid at 16 Whoa. yeah yeah in, like in 2000 yeah huge money I was like no I'm seeing Green Day <laughs> leave me alone and um it turns out that um such with uh, what with uh, Virgin being corporate uh, the sign in was going to be you had to queue up buy the single when it was released at midnight and then they'd only sign the single uh, uh, Green Day got the hump with that so they were going to do a half hour set then a sign in and they said uh, the record shop are trying to rip you off we're just going to play for as long as you, you'll have us oh awesome and um, so they did their set which was like brand new stuff off of Warnham yeah basket case pretty much and then it was requests only, so we what? heard like 39 Smooth stuff and Kaplunk stuff. And 86? Uh, I'm almost certain they played 86. <laughs> yes. I've looked on Setlist FM, but it's only a partial setlist. Yeah. Um, and it ended with them, because like they put a stage with like CD racks around it in a corner. Yeah. And the set ended with Green Day um, putting all the CD racks down, spray painting Green Day on the wall. Yes. And uh, by this point, it was about two in the morning and it was my first day at college the next oh, day. No. So I thought I'd best try and get home from central London and go to college. And I 
didn't go to college that day. And you quit the next day? Uh, I, I, last, I lasted two weeks <laughs> oh, okay. at, at college, actually, before I started working full-time so yeah. I could afford to go to gigs. Going back to the Amen thing, actually, the most... That's so wild. The co- most controversial bit of band merch I had probably when I was about sort of 14, 15, was I had an uh, Amen t-shirt with um, America on the front with a big satanic star yeah. at the top of it and just says Amen, which I thought at the time was... Pretty edgy. Although I did have a mate who we went to see Soil. That was quite a good lineup actually. It was like Soil, Hell of Heroes, In Me. Quite good back then. Um, and yeah, he basically, a 14 years old, he had a, a Soil hoodie that said, don't fuck with me on the back of it. Ooh. In like <laughs> massive print. And he'd like wear it to school. Um, I think it got confiscated. Um, maybe he'd just wear it at break times, but yeah. I, I used to hang out with um, at, like, my local <laughs> rock pub. Everyone loved their Cradle of Filth merch, yes. which took Edgy to another level. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that was. So, yeah, the, the, the classic Jesus is a cunt. Yeah, yeah, of course. Merch. Yeah. And um, I think I stayed around someone's house and I was like, can I borrow a shirt? And they <laughs> lent me one and I didn't look at the back print for us. Oh, no. And it's the back print is unrepeatable for this censored <laughs> podcast. It is. You were stitched up there. I, 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 I think the only thing that this dude owned was Cradle of Filth t-shirts. Yeah. So. I used to think um, back then, like if someone was into Cradle of Filth, although they were clearly of... mass murderers. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was kind of scared. Of, you know, like you were kind of scared of like gnarly townies. That... Yeah, because like, when I, when I got into Slipknot and um, like my mum took offence to a people equal shit shirt. Yeah. And I was like, this is mild compared to what, yeah. what goes on at the Red Lion Gravesend. Yeah, yeah, big stuff, yeah. On a Saturday night, you know. I kind of thought, yeah, if someone was heavily into, like, Cradle of Filth, I thought they... They must be heroin addicted, yeah, addicted murderers, yeah. They might stab me and drink my blood, maybe. But then, as I got older, um, is it that Cradle of Filth Midian album? Yeah. That's pretty good. Don't you know someone that was involved with Cradle of Filth? Someone that was in the band? Is there um, an agent that you've worked there's with? A, there's, an yeah. a, there's an agent. Are we allowed to? No, let's not mention names. But there is an agent who looks after quite a lot of bigger uh, metal bands that used yeah. to be in Cradle of Filth. There you go. I'm sure a lot of people. Will so clearly, clearly, know. Cradle of Filth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just um, trying to make a crust. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. Actually, do I see? I'm trying to think if I saw Cradle of Filth back in the day. I ne- saw them a couple of years ago. Them. Opening download <coughs> main stage. Pretty good. But then I I I I, 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 I didn't I went been to surprisingly little amount of metal gigs even yeah. though like like I love new metal but I just leave it for the festivals yeah. and be like I'll wait till that's why I've, I've never seen Puffer Roach yeah I think I felt like, a bit oh god go yeah like they they never like, I think they played Reading the year before I first went and then Reading quite recently yeah but they never played in like the decade or so that uh, I was going so I never saw them as edgy as I went back then was probably. In terms of like really kind of like gothy was like the Murder Dolls. That first Murder Dolls album was awesome. Um, I never got into the like. Um, I never like dyed my hair like black and red or had like eyebrow piercings or. Um, what was the other? You know the the skeleton gloves or anything like that wasn't really into uh, that. My my favourite was always the Dreadlock Mohawk. Yeah, Dreadlock Mohawk. Classic. But Murder Dolls, that was, yeah. Well, they were kind of, um, 
Yeah, they were, although they were metal, they kind of had like a sort of really, like, what, what would you call that sort of style of metal? Was it like, did they did they have their own like... Post new metal. <laughs> did they have their own like sub-genre? I'm not sure. But it was like really catchy and uh, I don't know, it's kind of... Uh, a, let me just Google murder doll genre and yeah. see what... Because uh, it is metal, there, it so. is metal, but it was... It's kind of catchy. It's like it's like it's like in... it's like punk. It's so broad. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, yeah, mur- it have, like murder dolls kind of do not sound like Megadeth. Yeah. So they're you know how can you call them both metal? Because like Dead in Hollywood, that was like dead, 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 dead. It's so dead. It's like yeah, it's like a big, big tune. Oh, there you go. So according to Wikipedia, for yeah. anyone listening in on the edge of their seats, yeah, their genres are glam rock. Ah, yeah, I can see that, yeah. Horror punk. Horror punk. And heavy metal. Heavy metal, yeah, it kind of was a, a mix. The ever-reliable wikipedia.org, yeah. thank you very much. Yeah, I think they played Norwich as them, and I want to say Raging Speedhorn. What was your first metal show? My first metal show was that Soil show. Oh. Yeah, it was, again, it was one of them when we'd, we'd um, once we'd done the A and the FedEx TX shows, you know, we were looking out for... Any shows we could go to. How do you find out about shows? Like obviously pre-internet and that. Um, going to Norwich and walking past the waterfront. Yeah, see what posters. And are see up. what posters are up. Or if you had Kerrang magazine <coughs> looking in the back. Yeah, like that, that's what um, that's what we used to do. Like every Wednesday without fail. I'll, t- I'll tell you this, assuming that I won't get in any trouble for it. Yeah. Every Wednesday would go in after school. We'd go into W. H. Smiths. Yeah. And like, I, I. Some people I hung out with at school were in it more for the image than actually liking the music, but yeah. I was like, I need all this information. Yeah. So I'd, I'd look through like the gig listings and that, Yeah. but also we had a system where when I'm flicking through Kerrang! or Melody Maker, remember that? Yeah. Or Q, whatever, Q. Metal Hammer. Um, what Snow Patrol gigs are coming Yeah, out? yeah. <laughs> this is when indie was less shit. Yeah, what but, athlete um, shows are coming up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, I'd be in like my school blazer, flicking through these magazines. Yeah. While my oh, you had to wear a blazer, brutal. While my light fingered friend was taking the free CDs off of every magazine Way. and putting them into my blazer pocket, whilst I was none the wiser just yes. read, reading these magazines. Yeah. And then we go back to his and like see what the blaze- hot, hotly tipped bands were that week. I'd have thought you were well posh if I um, if I saw like school kids with blazers back in then, or well, back in back in North Norfolk, you know, it was well, just like. Wear what you can. Not, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're encouraged to wear the school jumper. In, 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 I'm pretty sure if, that if that in, turns in, out to be a soil hoodie, then in North <laughs> in North Norfolk, if you've got a matching pair of shoes, you're posh. Yeah, so, yeah literally. Um, so it, yeah, in in Kent, especially going to a a grammar school. A grammar school. Yeah. Yeah. I I will show you my zero A levels and no degree. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, so it was literally, you'd go up to Norwich and then you'd walk past the waterfront and you'd see what shows there. And I remember Soil being um, one of the shows advertised and it was like, oh, I've seen that Soil Halo video, let's go. Yeah, it's in a video on an interview. And it was more like, that. let's go there because the mosh will be good. Yeah. That'll, be a, that'll be a good mosh, so you'd be like, yeah. But then we got, uh, In Me just dropped Underdose. And like me and my friends were so into in me. I think because they're quite young and I don't know, they kind of like had the image down at the time. You know, like the sweat bands and the whole like what are they called shag me bands, Sh- uh, shag bands, shag yeah. bands. Yeah. <laughs> if you snap them, you got to shag them. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. or whatever of us like they, oh they were big business in like yeah. early 2000s ska punk and pop punk yeah. oh I just thought of a, another show Ooh. yeah I'm going to go with this anyway but um, so a, another show I was my well my initial first show was going to be the Enemy Tour 2001 and my friend Beefy who's um, he, he was one of them kids um, his, whose parents were super chilled and they let him do anything um, I used to be so jealous of his parents back then <laughs> um, but yeah he his dad was taking him to the enemy tour and at the time it was Black Rebel Motorcycle Club a band we can't talk about anymore oh that that band yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else was on it but we were going to be going to see the band that we can't talk about anymore yeah and Ironically, so you, my, don't, you don't want to admit your love for this band on your on this podcast. No, that's, that's fine. But ironically, my that. parents, well, my mum at the time was like, "I don't know this beefy guy, and I don't know his <laughs> dad, so you're not going to go to the show." And that sucks because obviously, I really want you to. Can't, you can't. You can't. You can't. <laughs> but now I'm glad. How, 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 how old was you? Thirteen. So thirteen, mum. I'm going to a rock concert with Beefy. Yeah, yeah. Right, I mean, at least yeah. at least you use his real name. Yeah, at least yeah. that is his real name. <laughs> Make up a name. Yeah. Go 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 into go into a con- concerto performance with Tarquin. Yeah, yeah, Tarquin. Yeah, <laughs> Beefy and his dad. <laughs> I don't know if he's like opera or like you know yeah. orchestral. Or oh something. no, the other person that was on the show was Andrew WK. Oh, there you go. So. so Seen Andrew WK once, it was like Red in 01 or 02, and what a show. Mm. A lot of time for him. Yeah. And obviously these days, he's, he's the king of Twitter. Yeah. I saw him battered at Heavy Festival one year. I think that was like 2012, same year as the Olympics. 2012. What was your first festival? By a festival, we're talking proper camping the whole nine yards. Oh, like, I wouldn't camp all day. I'd been like calling all, like. Don't like, call it all, no. Okay, not like an all day at a venue, but I mean like one where you're outdoors with a stage. Red in Red in two thousand and one. Okay, who was on the lineup that year? Um, it was <laughs> headlined by. Um... Oh, he's showed me. I've literally got, me got it up to remind myself. I was trying to think of who my first metal band oh, was. Oh, Travis, great. Tra- <laughs> yeah, Travis headlined by Green Driftwood, Day. sweet. Um, the annoying thing with that was it was like an eighty quid weekend ticket, mm-hmm. which was um, huge money at the time. And I bought a weekend ticket, but I was told by my work at the time that if I went on the Friday, they'd sack me. So, oh so, my I, God. so I missed out on Green Day, Iggy Pop, Eels, Run DMC, who I've never saw. Yeah. Live and end, who I love. There's one. The one of these days is headlined by Eminem. Second headliner Marilyn Manson. Third from top Papa Roach. Fourth from top Queens of Stone Age. And then you've got Exhibit, System of a Down, Fear Factory, Stain, Headplant. It's basically my low down a system. Like so my my like entry into you know that sort of music is kind of summed up on that one day. Eminem, yeah. Manson. Um, they go exhibit. Oh, funnily enough, if we're going on first CDs we bought, yeah, the first CD I bought that wasn't like a gift um, was Fear Factory Digimortal because on Kerrang they had one of them like Kerrang TV they had one of them campaigns for this Digimortal album for ages, and they kept like Lynchpin was every like fourth song on Kerrang back then. Um, 
when we go up Norwich and like I need to get this Digimortal album <laughs> <laughs> go into town yeah well, I mainly went this year for um, for the Concrete Jungles it was at the time oh, okay yeah which was uh, so yeah um, like Say Ferris opening or not even nearly got Kids Near Water Linear 77 two bands that I vaguely remember. Did they become Breed 77, just heavier? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were bands. Like Cap Down, yeah, Cap Down into Ignite. Oh, mate, Cap Down, what a band. Into Jockey Murphy's, only halfway up the bill in a, t- in a tent. That's crazy. Do you remember 28 Days? I don't remember 28 Days, no. They're, um, like, they're like a rap punk band. Oh, okay. I saw them with Goldfinger a couple of times. Yeah. Like, I don't think they really went anywhere. They had a couple of like couple of songs that did the rounds on your MTV2s and that. Yeah. But obviously, Mad Cat is into snuff, into Good Riddance, into yeah. Robic Fish. My, then, bre- my bread and butter, mate. And then Rocket from the Crypt. I, I'm i going to confess, uh, I know uh, one uh, Rocket from the Crypt song. On a rope. The one that everyone knows. On a rope. Going to catch some flack for this, because I know a lot of people were their, their favourite band. But um, I didn't see Rocket from the Crypt. I saw the main stage headliners, Manic Street Preachers, yeah. one of my childhood favourites. I mean, yeah. Solid. Who got so below them? Fun loving criminals. Supergrass. Feed it. Rancid. Ran, that, oh, here you go. OPM. So yeah, like watch OPM. That's another one. Beefy was allowed <laughs> to go to, and I wasn't. <laughs> Fucking beefy. Fucking beefy. Public domain is that like? But he's in the place, London. Couldn't tell you I was on the punk stage. Yeah. I think the main reason I bought a ticket for it was just to see Rancid for the first time, and that mm. was, that ended up being um, my first Circle Pit, which was terrifying because this was before Crash Barriers, so there was just a hundred thousand people running around in a circle, <laughs> and I was seventeen and didn't know what to do. <laughs> uh, what was yours? Uh, mine was um, Distortion two thousand two. Headlined by Green Day. By Green Day. Shenanigans and, tour. Funnily enough, you talk about circle pits. So this is in Nottingham. I can't remember what the venue was in Nottingham. Nottingham. Oh, it's anyway. like a race course or something. Oh, or like castle grounds. When it castle. Oh, it's like a. It was one of them ones with the big stately home and all that. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I remember. I mean, I'll give it a quick Google. I, I remember. I remember seeing it advertised and being like, "I'm 18 with no money. Can I get here?" No. Yeah, but we were queuing up and. For quite some time, and then when we got in, the first thing you could see was a huge circle pit with Capdown playing, and this is when um, Pound for the Sound had just been released, and they were playing Faith No More. So, and our uh, my friend Harry, it was his dad that took us, and we just basically. So you were allowed to go because it was a Harry and not someone with a gangster nickname. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if Beefy came to this one. Actually, he's probably at Cradle of Phil shows. We got to get Beefy on this podcast. Um, so anyway, we it was one of them where Harry's dad... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Wollerton Park, Nottingham. I think Blink-182 were meant to be on this tour originally, actually. Um, I know um, that in America they did the Pop Disaster tour. Yeah, it was Pop... Yeah. Which we obviously had a tribute to at New Cross Inn last year. Yeah. Where we had the same, like, Dookie and Blink-182. Right. But yeah, um, so it was one of them. We came in and we saw this massive circle pit. And we'd, we planned, once we went in, Harry's dad was like, we're going to find a spot... And then you'll know this is where we're gonna be. I'm gonna be stationed. So if you have any problems, and as soon as we got in, we were like just taking off our stuff and just like giving it to Harry's dad. And he was like, <laughs> "I'll be over here." And we were like just pegging it into this uh, 
because it was the first yeah circle pit we'd all seen so we were all like running like <laughs> pegging it around in the circle funnily enough I think um, so after that it was kind of like yeah that kind of uh, broke us into the whole festival experience and then I'm pretty sure Sponge played after that and you'd think a sponge like that would probably be quite a tame set. Yeah, like, let's have a little dance picking pigeons. Exactly. Um, I went pure panic stations during sponge. I don't know what happened, but it got to the point where I was quite far down the front, and I was so... I was like a... For a 14-year-old, I was a short 14-year-old. I was like a 14-year-old that looked eight. <laughs> and um, I was, I was like, begging people to pick me up. I was like, I wanted to crowd stuff out because I was getting so crushed and like people granddadding me and like um, I was, yeah I think the security guard ended up having to like wade in and like pull me over the barrier <laughs> and I was in my head I was like I'm never coming to a festival again so, um, yeah, so you survived cap down snuff and raging speedball but, but, but later sponge on sponge fucked you up yeah but I think we managed to sneak a few beers through the day and then raging speedhorn played and then like kind of got my confidence back and then yeah, had a bit of a more. And I noticed that A were also on this line. Uh, so funnily enough, is this um, this is the A podcast? Yes, now. <laughs> yes, I were A and Green Day podcast. Yeah. So I went. Um, so A were doing a signing, and when I spoke to the A frontman at the signing, and I was like, "Oh mate, I saw you in Norwich, like yeah. with Phoenix TX, great show." And he was like, "Yeah, he was telling me how he lost his shoes at the show, and he was really pissed off. And great show, but I lost my shoes. So I was like, great. And I think." Um, at that time, everyone had the visors because the A guy yeah, had the visors. Yeah, yeah. Like, Sign my visor, mate. Um, do you remember they did that Vodafone advert? What A? A did a Vodafone advert. That's actually got get YouTube. Oh, 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 oh. let me have a little Google. Yeah, because I, I, I remember because like, I, I think it's about two thousand three or four. After, after the aforementioned like my my first gig like A and Bloodhound Gang. I think that a bassist joined Bloodhound Gang for like a while. Yeah, yeah. and um, in Daniel Picard involved in a in some way. Shape he was or the form. bassist that joined Bloodhound Gang. Daniel Picard from a and the Radio One Rock Show. Yeah. was also in Bloodhound Gang. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, who knew? He's <laughs> a f- we're so much more professional than him. Here's a funny Daniel Picard story from only last year at Reading. What was I googling? I've forgotten. Um, a very phone advert. So I was, with, I was with um, my friend Bod. I went to Reading last year on the Foo Fighters Day. Um, and we saw Daniel Picata. And I was like, Bod, that's... You that, can't Google A. I've given uh, up. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, that's Daniel. That's, uh, I, I said to Bod, obviously we both know it's Daniel Picata. But I went, Bod, it's the bassist from A. And I went, A. <laughs> and then he came over. Like, Picata came over. And he thought I'd said... Hey, and he's like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? And I was like, oh, yeah, really good, thanks. I went, oh, this is my friend Bond. And he was like, oh, hey, Bond. <laughs> and then Bond was like, after his chat, Bond was like, do you know him? I was like, no. Like, I was saying, like, hey. And he thought I said, hey, and yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it's a genius band name when you buy CDs, like, first in the rack. Yeah. But internet era. Yeah. It's tough. Mate. It's tough. Yeah. Um, but let's book them. We should book A. We should book A. Yeah. I'll, I'll send this to A. We should. Yeah. I <laughs> sent them. Um, I think I tagged them on something in Instagram. It was like, oh, um, I think it was um, B Construction 01. Yeah. Which was, I don't even need to Google this one. This was Pennywise, Lagwagon, Bouncing Souls, Snuff, 
sick of it all. Are they all cut down? Mm. Are you a summer in the mix? And um, I, f- I put it on Instagram being like, oh, this was like 19 years ago or whatever. Yeah. And um, yeah, a-, a messaged me saying, um, can you send me this picture? That's awesome. And then they posted it. And I was like, the first band I ever saw. Oh my God. <laughs> Funny you mentioned sick of it all, actually. My second festival was um, Game On at Millennium Dome. I'm so gutted I never went in there. In 2003. I, if I knew it was going to be like... It was only the one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a skate and BMX festival at the Millennium Dome. I know the Vandals played. Vandals, Cypress Hill. Hill, Violent Delight. Oh, Violent Delight. <laughs> Are we still allowed to talk about Violent Delight? I don't know. Um, I think, I mean, yeah. Mad, lyrically. Mad Capsule Markets, yeah. Biffy Clyro, Sugar Colt, Chuli. Um, but anyway, um, so Sick of It All were playing. Hope Conspiracy played actually as well, which is pretty nuts. Um, for all your hardcore heads. Um, but yeah, so I'd seen the... This was the P-Rock days. Yeah. Um, if anyone remembers the P-Rock days, I'm sure a lot of you will. Um, like, because this is... Prof- I'm saying like a lot, like there's actually more than like two people that... No way did Adequate 7 play a game on yeah. as well. Electric 6. Yeah. Electric Hill Shock. So P-Rock was kind of like the go-to music channel but like sort of like 2003 sort of time um, um it was kind of it was edgier and more diy than kerrang and mtv2 so that's how you discovered like that was kind of like my first like look at that underground punk. underground kind of like punk and, yeah, cause like, and stuff like that for because i obviously like a couple of years old like me and my mate like my I just used to go around people's houses that had Sky because we never had Sky. So what? Well, we'd go to a gig and go back Spend afterwards. Spend too much money on Blazer School. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it didn't have to pay to go to school. It turns out I was just cleverer than other people. But whatever. Yeah, they spent all money on my Blazer School. Fuck it. Um, but yeah, like uh, after after gigs, um, we go back to his house and just stick on P Rock. And we'd see bands that have, so like your Fast and Four Foot Fingers, Hopscotch, Ooh. yeah, like all oh, those bands. Last been, Man Standing. We'd we'd see them the previous week supporting Less Than Jake or Ruby yeah. Twitch or whatever, and it's like holy shit, mixed Twitch, mixed Twitch, yeah, gash. <laughs> oh mate, there's so many good. Um, but yeah, P Rock was P Rock fucking was. wild. But yeah, I'd seen the. So my first introduction to Sick of It All was on that channel and I saw the district video. It's kind of cartoony, like, Burst of District's coming hard. That's kind of like, it was kind of like rappy. Is that the same album that's got America on it? And yeah. Hello Pricks. Oh, fuck, what's it called? Yours Truly? No, yours Truly. Yours, no, yours it's not Yours Truly. It is Yours Truly. Is it? That's the album I'm thinking of. I don't know if it's Maybe it's called or... Yours Truly. It's got America on it, which yeah, is on like yours a... Yeah, Truly. Duh, duh. My old band used to cover that. Anyway, so... I was like, oh, sick of it all are playing. I really want to check them out. And obviously, you know, this is like a year after I started going to shows. Second festival, seeing a lot of bands over that weekend. In, in, feeling quite in, confident. In, in that London. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> in London, no big deal. Was that your was first like, London show? Yeah. And I was like, oh, sick of it all are playing, you know. And I went, I was like, you know, as you do, I'm going right down the front, middle. I'm going to go where the mosh pit is. Um, and I remember them sort of when they came on, they were like, everyone comes a bit for- further forward, don't be scared now. And I think it was like, scratch that surface. And like, I remember like looking round at the time and I remember going, 
fuck, like, this, they attract, like, a really older crowd. Like, why has everyone got, like, tattoos and muscly? And I was like... <laughs> and I was, like, why is no one drinking? Yeah, and I, the funny thing was, I pulled my friends in, I was like, you've got to see the sick of it all band. Um, and like, some of them had come for, like, the more, like, the skating and the BMX in and, like, Cypress Hill, whatever. Yeah. Double them into it, but, like, I was like, oh, you'd check the sick of it all band out. And I'll tell you what, when they're like, scratch the surface. Well, as you know, if you've ever seen sick of it all... I mean, it's carnage, and that was my kind of first exposure to hardcore. I mean, I could like, imagine this lineup now because it's like so you it, got Biffy Clyro, you got In Me, you got Kelly Osbourne, you got Reef, yeah. and then sick of it all, rock mate, up and are like, hold my beer. Oh, mate, I remember getting when it all it like it looked back in the day. It this is how I kind of like this is how I kind of remembered it. It seemed like there was loads of fucking like. Because obviously American History X had been out around that sort of time, it kind of like felt Skin, like it's a scary yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. It kind yeah, of yeah, felt yeah. like they American. You know the gig like they have in American History X. Yeah, um, it kind of felt like that. <laughs> it kind of felt like that sort of crowd. Yeah, and everyone was obviously like windmilling and stuff that I hadn't seen before. And it looked like everyone was just like punching the fuck out of each other. And they're probably looking at you lot being like, look at these little... Yeah, people. let's... Like, look at these mill houses, basically. Exactly, let's I'm destroy them. you lot them. there, like, mill house. With our rucksack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, with our sugar coat t-shirts. Drinking your water, so you know, yeah, literally, keep hydrated. Yeah. I'd a, I'd a, I was carrying a signed pot noodle from the Violent Delight frontman. <laughs> I forgot it. I, I don't know about that. Maybe. <laughs> but I bumped into... Um, yeah, I bumped into him in around the festival and I was like, oh, oh my God, it's a violent delight front man. I was like, oh, can you um, sign uh, this pot noodle? And I was just like pouring my whole pot noodle I got, on the floor and he's like, yeah. Was it sponsored by pot noodle? Or did you take a pot noodle for lunch assuming you'd find a kettle at um, the Millennium Dome? I, I assume that pot noodles were available at the festival. Um, I'm not... to, I, I, I didn't go, but I vaguely remember there being a pot noodle tie-in. They might have yeah. been a sponsor and being like, have a fresh pot noodle yeah. rather than your average... I remember some guy decking me as well, because um, as, as I kind of mentioned earlier in the show, um, we used to have like patches. I don't think it's fair to call this a show. Yeah, okay. <laughs> whatever it is. But anyway, we, we used to have like patches on our bags to sort of show all the bands and stuff we were yeah. into the show a bit edgy. And that year... We've I've got, got this Korean compilation. And it's th- going on the back. This year, I went proper to town. Like I, The week before school, me and my mate went to Norwich Market. And we got... I got this bag that didn't even have a brand. Because you usually go like Yan Sport or something back then. That was kind of like the edgy make or whatever. But to but, be proper alternative, but, you need a brandless bag. Yeah, I had a black brandless bag. Yeah. And I basically got all these patches. And instead of sewing them on... I got a whole safety pin set on. Yep. And literally, every time I went for the school corridor, people go nuts to me, oh, you pricked me with your safety pin. <laughs> and anyway, I wore this safety pin ridden bag into the Mad Capsule Markets mosh pit. Like, if someone walked into any gig I was at with now, at now, and, like, they had a bag full of fucking safety pins, yeah, I would be like... What are you doing, mate? But um, at the time, I didn't really give a Take fuck. them to one side and be like, yeah. this is what we do. But, funnily enough, loads of other people... So obviously, it was a style back then, because I'd done it for 
I wasn't the only one doing it. Obviously, I'd seen other people doing it. Yeah. And I remember that mad caps pit. I remember getting... Pr- I, I used to put my patches on with pin badges. Uh, so you get, like, double the merch. Yeah. So it's like, for one patch, you got four pin badges. Yeah. And, like, you'd lose it all, Some Some like, big dude, like, proper pin me, like, threw me to the floor, smacked me, and was like... Stop being a prick! Yeah. But also, I got well paranoid from that festival, because, um... I'd been pricked so many times by other people's bags, and I was convinced that I'd AIDS. <laughs> Is that, am I allowed to say that? I mean, I guess so. I like, you, I, you were how old? 14, 15? Yeah, 14, 15, yeah. First yeah. time in London? And um, you, you assume you'd go back to yeah, yeah. Sheringham, Norfolk exactly. with some disease. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I was so paranoid that I'd been pricked by other people's uh, safety pins in their bag. And I was like, oh, Because if you're at a punk show in London, yeah. obviously <laughs> we're all drug addled. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's just the way it is. Also, one of the highlights of that festival was... Um, Kelly Osbourne. Kelly Osbourne. <laughs> um, might have uh, filled... Your pants. A couple of bottles um, <laughs> and thrown them in her direction. Now, to be fair, we went a horrible... We did... Okay, yeah, we did throw a couple I mean, of bottles. It's hard, it's but we, hard, did, we, we didn't piss in the bottles. It's hardly Daphne and Celeste at Reddit. No. <laughs> Although I did see someone throw a chair at 50 Cent. One oh, year yeah, at I mean, that yeah. was... Well, that was Leeds Festival 2004. Happened at Redden as well. He got massively abused. Well, maybe I think I saw it, but actually it happened at Redden. Yeah, because I, 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 there was no, like I went to Leeds. That was my I, my first Reading Leeds was actually Leeds 2004. Yeah, and uh, someone threw a chair at Fifty Cent, but I can't remember if I saw it. It meant that Green Day played for like four hours. Yeah, because um, it, I think like. It, at Reading, he did like 20 minutes or something before he gave up because he came out and people were just look like nowadays that I'm not 20 anymore. I'd be like, if I was at a, if I was at a show and it was 50 cent into Green Day, I'd be like, I'm into that, yeah, definitely. Like, why not? But at the time, it was like, where's the rock music? Yeah, so I well, think, um, I think Drop Kicks played that day, yeah, and we- um, it was it was decent, but yeah, like he got. I think um, someone threw a shoe and he caught it and lobbed it back into the crowd and it cracked the front row in the face and they tried to then sue him or something. And it's really? like, in retrospect, I feel so bad for him about yeah. it. But it was the wrong time for Reading to start experimenting. We had, um, so this was our first camping festival um, experience. Reading Red, Red Le- Leeds 04. No, Leeds 2004. Leeds 04, yeah. And um, so we just finished our GCSE, so I was like 16. And we got to Leeds and we got in a cab and the driver was like, oh, Leeds Festival's at the end. He was like, oh. Why do you, oh, Le- you go to Leeds rather than Reading? can't remember. I think Reading sold out. Sold out, yeah. But he was like, uh, he, like, at the time, he looked, the cabbie looked pretty gnarly. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to be there on the Saturday. I'm going to see 50 Cent. Got a gun in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and we all sat there like, oh, fuck, man. Leeds <gasps> is shady, man. Like. And I think we were like, we were like, probably like twenty minutes from the actual site, and like we were talking to Pat, going, "Fuck, is he gonna, is he gonna shoot us and take our money?" So we said, we said to him, "Excuse me." <laughs> we're like, "I feel like walking. Can you drop us off here?" He's like, "Boys, you're like twenty minutes from the site," and obviously we were like, "Fuck, where is he taking us? He's got a gun in the back." So we're like, "No, mate, it's fine here." And he's like, "You sure, boys?" And he was like, "We have to charge the same." We're like. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so he paid enough money, got our stuff out, and we were like, oh, phew. <laughs> anyway, it was literally like a two-hour walk to like Leeds site. <laughs> and we were like so small and like scrawny. And we'd, you know, like when you first start going to festivals, you'd properly overpack. 
Uh, and I, it was, yeah. Uh, to be fair, full disclosure, Reading 01, I went with nothing. Oh, okay. I, um, so I ended up going only for for the one night. Yeah. Because the, um, oh, I didn't mention this earlier. I'm not going to edit it. So I'll tell you now. That M&M... It's because you rinsed all your money in a school uniform. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, M&M, M&M Papa Roach just with a down, Marilyn Manson. I left that morning to go to Brixton Academy to see Less Than Jake Pitch Shifter, the Atari's H2O. H2O, yeah. So like, my weekend ticket was good for one day, basically. Yeah. yeah like, I'm reading 2004 last day. I remember that I missed the beginning of drop kicks because Rasmus got bottled off. Fucking Rasmus. But I was there early doors for Green Day and then 50 Cent got bottled off. Yeah. When getting bottled off, I mean, it should be in the dictionary. It's, yeah. it's a legitimate thing. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to happen in our lifetime again where bands get no. literally attacked by the crowds. Yeah. I've got a gnarly distiller story from Leeds 2004, actually. Well, so, I, th- I thought they were shite at Reading, okay. so try So, me. of that time, distillers were, you know, you like have a favourite band. Distillers were my favourite band for like probably a year. Um, obsessed, love them. Anyway, um, distillers at Leeds, Circle Pit, um, everyone was running around. Some girl pegged it round. I like, put my hand out to like, you know, you're like blocking people. I can't remember what was happening, but anyway, suddenly this girl. Now I was on the edge of the pit, edge of the circle pit. People were running around the circle, and then suddenly this girl just came up to me and just literally started like punching a lump at me, <laughs> like. And I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Is this?" It just you know, doesn't happen these days. Yeah, yeah. And I was oh, just yeah. like, "What's going on?" And her and her mate were like literally kicking the fuck out of me, <laughs> and there was blood everywhere. And I was like, "Is that my blood or their blood?" And like she accused me. Apparently, I ripped her. One of her piercings out, ashes running around. So obviously, I've gone to like move my hand, and then something had ripped. But um, yeah, that kind of ruined my distillers uh, leads moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I nearly broke my leg during the offspring. Actually, I think that was because obviously that was pre um, crush barriers. Like yeah, because um, I, I think they come in. Like, it was after the. Um... What's the festival? The Danish festival, rocks, rock, yeah. rock style, rocks. Sh- and there was a proper pile on the pearl jam thing. And my leg, I remember my leg like holding up like a load of people. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, my leg's gonna break like any second now. Like, then, when, like, when when crush barriers come in, I was like, this is a very good idea yeah. because I've felt unsafe. Like yeah. at the early readings, I was like, I can't move. But then it, it happened um, like a later one, like the the rage comeback. Yeah. Was that 2009? What, when they did the free show? No, when they did Redding Leeds. Oh, was that the one? Yeah. I was at Redding that year. Yeah, same. It didn't seem too mad. It must have just been where I was, because my plan was to watch a bit of Rage, yeah. and then meet... Less my... than Jake were playing at the same time, yeah, Exactly. They? So my, a couple I'll, of my friends were going to watch Less than Jake at the same I was going to watch a bit of Rage, and then see all my skirt, Scar Nerd friends in, yeah. in the lock-up. And, um, but where... I didn't even go that far forward, but where I was... And I was old enough to know better as well. It's like, I'm, I can't move. Yeah. That might have been intoxication reasons where I got. I do. I, I, I didn't think Rage were that good, to be honest. No, and everyone complained about how quiet it was. Yeah. But I think I was steaming, so it didn't really matter. And I met everyone afterwards. They were like, that's the best Justin Jake set I've ever seen. It's like, I've seen the band 50 times, but yeah. I was still a little bit like. Mm. I remember going to the first download, actually, and who was playing? Um, the 2003 three, one. Yeah, it was Limp Bizkit with Men Headline and they didn't. And I think it was Iron Maiden and a mate of mine. I think went... no, no effects played, didn't they? 
Yeah, and I think my mate, my mate went and watched, like, even though I wasn't into Iron Maiden, I was like, I've got to watch Iron Maiden because, you know, they at, are a at, huge at, fan. At, at these festivals, it's like, if it's a once in a lifetime thing, I'll, yeah. I will watch one song. And I appreciate that at like that age. Yeah. My friend was like, I'm going to go watch Less Than Jake for like the 20th time. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Just um, like I've seen like I've seen one song of Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Uh, go. I've seen Smashing Pumpkins. I never need to see them again. Yeah. See also Pearl Jam. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. just they're just bands that aren't that good. Yeah. That leads 2004 era. That's kind of like when your likes of Devo and stuff was like prominent as well, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure actually there's videos of Devo at Leeds 2004. Funny. Um. So download O3. Oh, here you I, go. I've, I've never done download. So this is why I went. So A. <laughs> Obviously A. <laughs> Obviously A in me. A, A, if you'd like to sponsor this podcast, you yeah. can reach us on whatever our email address is. In me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the funny story actually from the in me set. So again, I was like quite confident by this stage. I was like, right, in I me. I mean, this must have been like your sixth show. So you were like, yeah, yeah. You, you're a professional. Yeah, yeah. Now. So in me, I was like, I'm going to go quite near the front on like the main stage. And some couple were like, I was standing in front of them and they were like, how cute is that little boy? <laughs> <laughs> Thinking I was like a sort of six year old or something. And they kept asking me. I was like trying to like mosh. I was like, do 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 like under those. So I was like trying to get a little mosh on him, like just the whole way through. They're going, your little devil. He's horns. so cute. And then they the guy kept going to me, mate, mate, do you want to go on my shoulders? I was like, no, I just want to mosh. And she kept going, pick him up and put him on your shoulders. I was like, no, just like leave me alone. Like I'm actually like fourteen or fifteen. Just not weed fan. Yeah. <laughs> Deftones, oh, I was when Deftones had dropped the self-titled, I think it was self-titled, the one with Minerva and Hexagram. Um, I mean, I will say oh, that mate. if you want, if you want to talk about Deftones, then yeah. let me know and I'll leave the room yeah. and you can have, you can have the well, floor. Man, Manson, Manson as well. And my stepdad, who drove me and a friend to the show, he was like not into Rocky or grungy music at all. But for some reason, he really liked that Marilyn Manson album, the one with, um, uh, mob scene and so I'll, um, I'll, 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 the new shit again me being like three years older than you yes. so the one after mechanical animals um, Hollywood Hollywood a disposable teens fight yeah. song yeah because like the, la- the last Marilyn Manson album I bought Sasha pretty much a punk one. album that yeah like, I've, always, I've always said Marilyn yeah. Manson is tech like they got a lot of punk songs like mate. Antichrist Superstar is a punk rock album. Oh mate, dope show Marilyn Manson like one of the like edgiest videos, but what a tune, what like, a video like. I think it's nineteen ninety six off of Antichrist Superstar is a punk rock banger, mate. Oh actually, and looking at this download lineup now, because we we needed the first day, the second day. That's when Limp Bizkit were. I'm pretty sure Limp Bizkit was this were meant- when was this when it started with. Um, like Limp Bizkit will pull out of everything if Fred Durst has a sore throat. Yeah, so like... I think Limp Bizkit were meant to play above Audio Slave. Audio Slave ended up headlining, but as compensation, a disappointment. As, this is really <laughs> weird actually because as compensation, they had Metallica do a secret set on the deconstruction stage, and they went on the same time that Zwan were playing, which is really weird. Like, how the fuck do you persuade Metallica? To fly do a fly over for a secret set 
instead of headlining above Audio Slave. Like unless they had like it's a, when that it's a when Wembley Stadium. Show I mean, it is when Saint Anger was floating about, so maybe they're trying oh, to keep so a, they, they a need low profile. Edit or yeah, they released Saint Anger and they were like, we need to do something cool to make up for this mess. What that is the coolest album though. It's best Metallica. No, I, I, clearly no, no definitely no. Definitely. I mean, Metallica and not. I don't even know if I'm How? joking. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Like, we forgot we were recording, so I don't know if we should be like <laughs> slagging off bands because I've recently said that All J Slave are terrible headliners and Metallica mm. are just not good. They're not going to listen to it. Yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, also, Ride the Lightning is the only good Metallica. Can album. I just point out that Spine Shank are headlining the third stage here? Um, That's 2003 for you. Yeah. Oh, also on my uh, on my good day, Amen, Stamping Ground, and one of the main reasons I went actually again was Funeral for Friend. Uh, your favourite of that era, I loved Funeral. For Nothing Friend. against them, oh, but mate. like after my time, quotes when Seven Ways to Scream Your Name came out, never like, got and then casually dressed like it, me and my friends were obsessed. What yeah. genre do you call that? It's like post hardcore. Yeah, like with like them. We kind of called reasons. it emo back then. But yeah, I guess it was. Emo's got so no, many. No, Hundred Reasons were different. Hundred Reasons were just like British. Brit rock. Brit rock, yeah. Would, was... would, would you put them in the same category as like your Wild Hearts and your Feeders and your A's? Maybe. And your Ashes. Uh, heavier. They. Uh, yeah, I don't know how. Hundred Reasons. What a band. Let's say, like, Ideas Above Your Station is like what a British album no do you not get did we not no, I, I, I've like it's nothing against them at all I was just doing other stuff then oh okay I, um, it, like, appealed, what, it appealed to what, my generation what so year much. was their peak so this was probably 2002 I saw them 2002 so, 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 like 2002 was when I and I think I went something mental like 100 shows that year oh, and sure. they were like Scar Punk was at its peak in the oh, UK. Okay. And oh. so I was just like, Household Name in the Underworld every weekend. I saw them, I saw 100 Reasons, first time of Copper Pot Journals, Kinesis, and Jet Plane Landing. Do you remember I, any of them bands? I remember them all purely yeah. through stealing yeah. magazine compilations. I remember when 100 Reasons dropped the video for I'll Find You, I think it was. Um, and yeah, instantly hook, and then they had like Silver, which we had the guitarist singing. Yeah, Fol- uh, um, I think Silver, oh, mate. I think Silver was on the first House on Name compilation, yeah. which was like massively hardcore. Yeah, it had, um, they in, in that on that album, they have a couple of tracks that are pretty much like hardcore tracks. Oh, who am I thinking of? Who's the Ruction Records band? They played New Cross in, and I was like, no way, have you got these? Did they begin with K? Knuckle Dust. Knuckle Dust. I think I think I had a compilation that had 100 Reasons on it and Knuckle Dust. Yeah. And I was like... Great compilation. There you go. I think it was yeah. like... It might have been called like Fuck Off House on Name or something. I don't know. Yeah. And then they went Cap Down Lightyear, etc. And there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Cap Down. I remember seeing them back in the Norwich waterfront in like 2000 and... Three again, but yeah, that pound for the sound album. I mean, that I'd heard like your scar punks from like 
your, your Scar Punk of like your Rubik Fishes, your Rubik Fishes, your S and Jakes, Boss Tones. But Cap Down had something a bit more hardcore about them. Um, yeah, and they kind of had that. They did have that British. They they feel invent, to it. They so. they because I I mean Operation Ivy invented Scar Punk. I think like Cap Down in that era of household name bands invented Scarcore. Yeah, Scarcore. Yeah, that's what like, it was called back then. Yeah, yeah. Like mixing hardcore with Scar. And you're like fast. Were they Scarcore? I'd put them in the Scarcore bracket. I think they call themselves Scarcore. Like, you had that, like, going back to the P-Rock days, like, that's how I was exposed to, like, a lot of your Moon Scar Europe bands, like, um... With Whitmore? Whitmore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Forefoot, Sponge. Fingers, Sponge. Um, Kanisha. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember now. I don't think Five Knock had a video on there, but... I miss yeah, them. I like, they're, they're, they're one of the... Like, I know you don't know them so, so well, yeah. but... They were like they're one of the only bands from that era to never do a reunion. Because okay. I've I've seen Lightyear for the last time on about six different occasions. Yeah, but it's always a delight when they do another show. Yeah, and like their last show was for me at New Crossing. Yeah, and um, talking to them backstage, they were like, because I think their previous show they did a tour with Real Big Fish. Yeah, so like Real Big Fish went on tour with Sponge and Lightyear, and I was like, yes, let's never ever grow up, please. Yeah. Like Sponge killed. I like went to both London shows. Sponge killed it. Lightyear killed it. And then we had Lightyear at New Crossing, and um, like their frontman Chad said to me afterwards, it was one of their favourite shows, probably because it's quite ghetto. Yeah. But it was ev- everyone there was there for Lightyear and Lightyear exclusively. Yeah. With them household name like compilations, so that's how you kind of got into your sort of more DIY kind of side of gigs and like yeah it's a, it's a bit different in London because you can see those bands like you, you could you, I mean you couldn't move without seeing a household name gig in London yeah like between like 99 2003 like my first cap down show was at the Astoria yeah where they they opened for Less and Jake and Friends or Rom uh, what was your first like show at like a DIY kind of venue like getting away from your like because I, I don't know if it, at that age I don't know about you, but I just assumed shows just exclusively happened at big venues. If I knew that I could do it in like the early 2000s, I wouldn't have waited until like 2005 or whatever. Yeah, I didn't know bands like played in the back rooms I didn't, of pubs I and didn't, stuff. I didn't know you could send an email and offer bands some money and they'd turn up and play. <laughs> like, no, no. Like, this, this information just isn't taught. What was the first gig that you went to that wasn't a real... I say real venue, but you know, like a a more yeah, some, you know, like a pub with a back where it's room some, where... so, someone like me or you with their own money on the line shitting themselves over ticket sales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I, I went to like I went to local shows before I started going to London shows. Yeah, where it was obviously on a door deal, or the bands hired a hall themselves, which was like very like. I just assumed that's how it was done. Yeah. And when the bands didn't themselves, I was just turning up for paying my three pounds and yeah. having a good time. But um, it's quite late in the day when it actually occurred to me that I could do this myself. Yeah. But um, it's like me and my brother, the other half of B Sharp, the silent partner, if you will. Um, we went to a gig in maybe. 2009 maybe later I don't know 
and it was a basement of a pub in King's Cross, and it was headlined by Apologies I Have None, yeah. who had very recently become full band rather than two piece acoustic and drums. Okay, yeah. And like, they put it on themselves, and we had a band called Fashionu on the bill that were like killer pop, Fashionu. killer pop punk. Good name. Um, I said like they had no social media, which was like super cool rather than like now bands just like yeah. But, like, I think they had a Tumblr or something. Okay. Yeah. And um, looked into them. They were called Fashionu. Um, you know about the John and Justin Fashionu? Yeah, obviously thing? Norwich legend. Norwich legend. So um, like Justin Fashionu yeah. sadly committed suicide yeah, because. He was gay and homophobia in football is bullshit. Yeah. So they called their band Fashionu as kind of like a um, tribute. Being gay is cool. Yeah. Like kind of thing. Yeah. Which again, like, was rad. Uh, a band called Rooftops, which had our mutual friend Ollie Ward yeah. on, I don't know, some instrument, a string instrument. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, um, you know, on Sind. Uh, one night stand in North Dakota, I think they were called it at the time, but now they go by On Cinder, and they're like super cool, like Moth Club, the oh, okay. Space kind of band. Yeah. But like, went to this gig, like, paid our five on the door, and the promoter, who was also the bassist at the time, and apologies, just put a little note saying, thanks for supporting us, smiley yeah. face. And I was like, that's so cool. Why can't yeah. we do this? Yeah. And like, that's, that's how I got into promoting, because like, before I was just like, Oh, there's a band playing down the road. I'm gonna yeah. go. So it's got. Like, we're very lucky in Kent. We had an awful lot of venues yeah. and people like, because like maybe like ten minutes train journey away, we had promoters in like Gillingham and Raynham that were playing. Um, are putting on Cap Down and that. Yeah. So we'd be like, oh, let's go to the Oast House in Raynham or Beacon Court Tavern in Gillingham. Yeah. It's all word of mouth. Yeah. Mainly from the openers that were our friends, and they're like, oh, we're playing this show. Please come. Yeah. Like, I knew, like, I used to go to, like, me and my friends used to go to, like, local shows back in the day, which were local bands, like, literally, back room of a pub. Yeah. And that's kind of the extent of, like, that. I, I thought, you know, it was only local shows that happened in the back of pubs and stuff. And then, um, our ex-bandits, funnily enough, yeah. they were playing the Norwich Ferry Boat. We were like, where the fuck's the Norwich Ferry Boat? We were like, is that a venue or whatever? And then... Turn up at the RX Bandit show. So this was 2004, probably. So it's the album After Progress, whatever that was called. Was um, it Resonation? Was maybe. It? First track's a banger. Um, anyway, yeah. So, and we realised, oh shit, like, gigs happen with American bands in back rooms of pubs. Yeah. And when we are at the RX Bandit show, I saw a, f- a poster for Throwdown, which were like a... Yeah, like a straight edge hardcore band um, back then. And I'd heard a throwdown track on a compilation. I can't remember if it was, it wasn't a deconstruction compilation. It was maybe one of the Warp Tour compilations. It was was one of them compilations and it was one throwdown track, like me and my mates liked. So we're like, oh, we should come back to the ferry boat and go to that show. And I remember, it's funny how you remember like what you're wearing and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was... There's are the things that make yeah, your yeah, life what it is. So like... turn up, kind of a bit like the sick of it all story. Like turned up at this throwdown show, and they were like, like this Haymaker album just dropped. If you hear it, it is like it's hard, man. And they are like at the time it was like a proper hard straight edge album. Um, I turn up with my friends, 
and like I've got like a I've got long hair, like a green like stripey fat face polo, you know, like yeah. Of on trend probably back in the day, and then which was the style at the yeah, time. Yeah, and I had a Biffy Clyro trucker cap signed <laughs> with their signatures on the front of the. So I basically gone to a Biffy Clyro uh, HMV uh, album oh, signing, and yeah. um, so I wore this to the gig, and uh, I remember like someone like bought us a pint. who was old enough, and we were sort of standing there. And like the singer comes down, he's like, "What the fuck's up, motherfuckers?" And he's like smashing everyone's pints out of the hand. And I'm like, "Oh fuck, what's going on?" And like all this, all the all the American History X crowd like suddenly started wading in. And I was like, "Boys, what's going on?" And like literally, that show was like carnage. Like people hanging off the rafters, like literally beating the fuck out of each other. And it was like nothing like we had ever seen before. Um, but yeah, it. For some reason, it kind of like I don't know. It left like a, it left us wanting more. <laughs> so we like so we followed the promoter on MySpace, and then he was like, "I've got um." I think the next show after that was like bleeding through. Oh. Um, and this is love. Um, this murderous had like just dropped. So we, it was one of them ones where he announced a show. We'd then check out that band, and then you'd listen to that band's record until you knew all the songs, and then. You know, as you got more confident, you then start like getting more involved in like the the mosh inside of it, yeah. and then the sing-alongs, and then it got to points. There's this guy called like Mike Darkside, and he was just booking like all of like the hardcore shows in Norwich back then, and like he'd announce the show. And as soon as he announced the show, you were like, "Who are these bands?" And then by yeah. the time yeah. the show came around, you knew like every track by this band, and it was yeah. He'd like that I mean, that's that, that's that's what, like that's always been my thing. It's like, like venues, who's booking these bands and who are they booking next, yeah. and like then, then when you learn a bit more, it's like, oh, it's not the venue, it's the promoter. Yeah. Who are these promoters working with? And then you're like, oh, it's not even the promoter, it's just this one band yeah. or this one guy or whatever. And it's like, it's hard, it's hard now with the internet to try and get that kind of traction because yeah. there's so much available and it's so easy to yeah. like search for something. Yeah. But back in like yeah, like and everyone used to, everyone used to rip us because we were quite young. They'd be like, "Oh, fucking wannabes," you know, like wannabes. I and mean, then and then yeah. eventually you get to a point when you've been like going to shows like them sort of shows like a couple of years, and then the new sort of school coming up, you're like wannabes, and then. You know, like you kind of cringe when they're like singing along and practicing their mosh yeah. and stuff. But you're like, that was like us a couple of years yeah. ago, and like, and like the generation before probably did as well. Yeah, yeah. Because like, um, do you get many at your shit like upsurge gigs? Do you get people that it's quite clearly their first non say O2 Academy show, and yeah. they are obviously fucking terrified yeah, that they're in a that. pub in the deep south yeah, yeah. like do you talk to them or anything like that like, I think there's been some bands that have come through that thought exactly the same thing <laughs> yeah, 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 well yeah <laughs> south London mate we're fucking bandit country now son 350 cap venue you know uh, yeah. park your bus there and you turn no, up no, and they're no, like yeah. where's the venue <laughs> no, 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 no barriers yeah, yeah. crackheads wondering shit because like I I I like I try and make a point of like if someone is like standing in the corner at New Crossing being a bit like um was this a good idea I try and like introduce them to the regulars like our regular gig goers and be like I was like was this your first time here and yeah. like yeah and it's like we got you don't you worry about that which you're only getting like go to a punk show at 
fucking Brixton Academy or whatever, and it's like, you're on your own. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I should go up to them and go, you know where you are? Yeah. You're I... in the jungle, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um... it happens to me, like, um, it's like, tune on tinfoil. Um, they're like, B-Sharp's favourite band, basically. And um, they're huge in America, but will never, ever tour there because yeah. they're like, no, we will miss our home. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And someone from America um, was on holiday with their family or whatever and saw that Tune on Tinfoil were playing a new cross. And he put in the event page, bless him, being like, hi, I'm, a, I'm just a guy from America and I'm coming to this show on my own and like, does anyone want to hang out or whatever? So I was like, adding you right now. And I was like, meet me at the show. Was it a catfish? They were, yeah, luckily, luckily it wasn't. I, uh, it's like a six-year-old woman. My my dignity remains intact. But, but, but um, uh, so we met at, like doors or whatever, and I was like, yeah, I, I can't remember his name. We might be Facebook friends. I don't know. But um, so if you don't remember his name, he came away from America. He did. One of your he was here anyway. Oh, Give me a okay, break. Okay. But um, I was like. Obviously, promoters have things to do. So, like, when I got there, I was like, hey, man, what's up? And then when... when Two points, please. Yeah. <laughs> when, when people... I think it was on the Guinness as well, like, embracing the Irish. Oh. But um, then when people arrived, I was like, oh, hey, this is this guy, this is this guy. Yeah. Like, hang out on that. And we made sure that this guy's experience at New Cross Inn was, like, the greatest he'll ever have at any show in England. Yeah. Which you'll only ever get in DIY. yeah. And like, I hope that we will continue to do that. Yeah, I don't think you get that same experience. So like, uh, no, and I mean, I, uh, I, 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 I remember. <laughs> I mean, I think I think <laughs> it's really that sort of thing, hasn't it? it took me about twenty gigs to stop being scared. Yeah, well, it's like my 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 first hardcore show, which we spoke about before this, where I saw Agnostic Front and Ignite. Oh, mate, and was like at LA two, which was was it eight hundred cap or so, hmm. and uh. Yeah, I was like, oh, I've been to like 10 punk rock shows now. Yeah. I'm basically a professional. I know everything that's up. And then you agnostic front and ignite. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll go, I'll go to the front, whatever. And um, yeah, long long story short, I, ended, I I left that gig with a black eye, a bloody nose and a, break, <laughs> and, and a missing tooth. Fuck and I was like, okay, I'll stick to Scar and yeah. pop punk and just nice, wholesome music yeah because as you well know i will not be going to any upsurge gigs no. because i've seen the injuries Fred. well i used to think <laughs> i used to think back then i was like when we, we were confident enough and i was like you know you kind of like you kind of have that sort of you kind of feel a bit tough after you've been to like quite a few shows and you're like you're well into it and yeah. all that and then i think it was like the first one i felt like again well out of depth i think it was knuckle dust and hoods at um again the ferry boat and knuckled us. I think there was a couple London um probably ruction bands back then who were on the same lineup and anyway for knuckled us and there's all these guys and like trackies and stuff like back then you know, you'd have called them townies or chavs. Yeah. And they were like spin kicking people out the room. Hardcore like, love Adidas. And like it's oh, weird. Mate. And, <laughs> and again it was like it was that same like overwhelming experience like fucking hell like um Funny enough, actually, here's another story. I went, um, so, with my now fiancé, she'll tell you, but we went, um, so, the Seabreeze and Lowestoft started doing hardcore shows, and 
it was like one of our like early dates and I was like oh yeah there's this gig going on in Lowestoft that I really want to go to we should go and it was November Come and Fire and I can't remember who asked it was it maybe The Legacy but anyway like if you've not heard November Come and Fire like yeah, it goes off pretty hard, and I think they came on with like, their mean, intro uh, there. Um, In darkness, we stand. And anyway, I stood there with Flick, bless her, <laughs> and it went. It, it the sea breeze and stuff. It always went, but on this particular occasion, it went hard, man. <laughs> and uh, the regional shows always go harder than London. Yeah, that's also a fact. And and uh, Flick was, I was like, I think Flick just thought she was coming too. You know, I think back then she was probably into her like block parties. Yeah, and, you know, like, a, a nice oh, indie show stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like in darkness we stand, <laughs> divided we fall, and then people crowd killing and <laughs> spin kicking and like, oh mate, yeah, it was pretty full on, but. Well, yeah. it clearly it clearly works out. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Relationship yeah. advice from Eddie. Yeah, yeah. If you want to um... take your date to a hardcore show and if she sticks with you, exactly. Marry yeah, her. yeah. <laughs> That's the test. <laughs> um, I think that we should just uh, start wrapping this up before it gets too long and really. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's our first attempt at a podcast. Shall I um, play the outro that you we you can play planned? the outro? Um, I've got an outro that I think would be quite. Cool. We'll, um, we'll, we'll plug all, Should we plug all the social media on the next one? Yeah. Let's see how it goes. Um, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. It's called the Upsharp Podcast. Oh, yeah. We never even mentioned that. Okay. Yeah. They'll figure it out when it's yeah. uploaded on those channels. Anyway, outro. Yeah, they think it's right to murder. They want to murder. Look at all the people and they get a kick out of it. A sexual kick out of it. The whole thing, I think it's sick. The whole thing, I think it's sick.